The views and opinions expressed on my story, Living with Lupus Podcast, represents each person's individual experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lupus podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved. Thank you for joining me for another episode of My Story Living with Lupus Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks, and I'm so glad that you could join me today. On today's podcast, we'll be talking about autoimmune gastritis and also wonder if you went to see your doctor. And they exposed you to COVID. That's right. Wonder if they, the doctor, had COVID. And he or she continued to work and expose their patients to this. We'll be talking about it. So, you know what I want you to do. That's right all the way from the United States to Bay of Plenty, Wellington, Auckland, and Southland, New Zealand. Get ready to grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, and to those listening late at night. Now, you know I appreciate you. So grab your favorite glass of wine, Come on and join the conversation right here on my story, Living with Lupus Podcast. Thank you for joining me back. And we're getting ready to talk about autoimmune gastritis. And why we're talking about autoimmune gastritis is because I have autoimmune gastritis. Now, autoimmune atrophic gastritis is a rare disease, okay? Atrophic gastritis is a process of chronic inflammation of the gastric mucosa of the stomach, leading to a loss of gastric glandular cells and their eventual replacement by intestinal and fibrous tissues. As a result, the stomach's secretion of essential substances such as hydrochloric acid, pepsin, and intrinsic 
factor is impaired, leading to digestive problems. Now, the most common are vitamin B12 deficiency, which results in a megaloblastic anemia and malabsorption of iron, leading to iron deficiency anemia. It can be caused by persistent infections or can be autoimmune in origin. Mine is caused by autoimmune. Now, those with the autoimmune version, like myself, of atrophic gastritis, are statistically more likely to develop gastric carcinoma and Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Now, you know, we all need to be careful and we all need to be checked on a regular basis. Don't just um, let it linger. Get checked out by your um, specialist regarding this because it is no joke. Believe me, it is no joke. Now, the clinical signs and symptoms are iron deficiency, anemia, include tiredness, pale complexion, heart problems such as exercise intolerance and palpitations. B12 deficiency may lead um, to pernicious anemia as well as gastrointestinal and neurological problems. Autoimmune atrophic gastritis may also be associated with an increased risk of certain types of stomach cancers. When we return, we'll talk further about autoimmune gastritis. Thank you for coming back and joining me. We're talking about what you need to know about atrophic gastritis. Let's recap. We know that atrophic gastritis occurs when a person's stomach lining is inflamed for an extended period, often for years. The person may not know what is going on. Now, over the over time, the inflammation associated with atrophic gastritis damages the stomach lining, causing digestive problems and nutrient deficiencies. We also know that a bacterial infection usually causes atrophic gastritis, but it can also be 
an autoimmune condition. As I stated, mine is related to the autoimmune condition, which is lupus and all the rest of the fixings that I have. Now, treatments differ depending on the cause, but diet and lifestyle can improve the outlook in both cases. Now, let's now talk about, go into further the symptoms, causes, and treatments for trophic gastritis. Now, gastritis is the medical term for stomach inflammation. Atrophic gastritis is a chronic form of gastritis. Doctors mostly find inflammation in the mucosa, mucosus membrane of a person's stomach lining. This leads to various digestive problems. In the early stages, atrophic gastritis may not cause any symptoms. So the condition can persist for years without a person being aware that they have it. Now, when a person has autoimmune atrophic gastritis, their body mistakenly attacks healthy stomach cells, including a substance called intrinsic factor. Now, um, intrinsic factor is responsible for helping the body absorb, as stated before, vitamin B12. But when a person cannot absorb enough B12, they may develop pernicious anemia. Now, pernicious anemia is a complication that makes it difficult for a person to create red blood cells. Now, we're going to look at the causes. You remember that I stated that bacteria can cause it. Well, a bacterial infection um, H. pylori usually causes atrophic gastritis. Around half of people with H. pylori-related gastritis will develop atrophic gastritis. Otherwise, atrophic gastritis can be an inherited or genetic condition, which is called autoimmune atrophic gastritis. Now, here, the immune system attacks the healthy cells in the stomach lining. A H. pylori infection causes the majority of atrophic gastritis cases. This infection is very common and often has no symptoms or is asymptomatic, especially at its onset. Atrophic gastritis often starts when a person is a child. Left untreated, it will get worse over time and can lead to stomach 
ulcers. Now, you know, as a child, well, yeah, as a child for me, I had problems digesting certain foods. And I said this before, my mother had to cook me separate from the rest of the family, cook me something to eat separate. I could not um, digest beef, pork. Um, Chicken was okay until um, later on in years as a teenager. It started to give me problems. Then as a teenager, I turned to a vegetarian. And um, my mother knew that, you know, what was going on. And so she would just fix vegetables or I would have a salad. Now, there are many ways a person can come into contact with H. pylori. Um, And these include drinking contaminated water, eating foods prepared or grown in contaminated water, having direct contact with saliva, vomit, or feces of a person who has H. pylori. Now, very often, a person may not know they have atrophic gastritis, as they may not have any noticeable symptoms. For this reason, a diagnosis of the condition may never happen in a person who has had it for years. The symptoms totally differ depending on whether a bacteria or autoimmune conditions are causing atrophic gastritis. When a bacterial infection is the cause of atrophic gastritis, a person may notice symptoms that include unusual or unintended weight loss, vomiting, lack of appetite, nausea, iron deficiency, pain in the stomach, ulcers. When autoimmune atrophic gastritis is the case or cause, a person may notice symptoms of a vitamin B12 deficiency, pernicious anemia, and the symptoms include pain in the chest, general fatigue, ringing in the ears, dizziness, lightheadedness, heart palpitations. A vitamin B12 deficiency can, in some cases, result in nerve damage. If this occurs, a person may notice confusion, unsteadiness when walking, tingling or numbness in the arms or the legs. When it comes down to diagnosing or the diagnosis of this, firstly, a doctor is likely to perform a physical examination and run tests to diagnose atrophic gastritis. 
The physical exam usually involves the doctor filling around the stomach region to check for tenderness. Often, the doctor will also order blood tests to look for lowered levels of B12, low levels of pepsin, a protein that stomach cells produce, antibodies that are attacking intrinsic factor or stomach cells, higher levels of the hormone that produces stomach acid called gastrin. If a doctor suspects that a person has H. pylori, they may order a breath test. This test involves swallowing a substance that contains a particular carbon molecules and then breathing into a test tube. If a person has H. pylori, the person's stomach releases carbon. The carbon will be present in the person's breath when they exhale. A doctor may also take a biopsy of the stomach cells. To do a biopsy, a doctor will insert an endo scope, which is a long tube with a light on it through the mouth and into the stomach. They then use a small tool inside the endoscope to take a sample of the stomach cells. Now, a biopsy will help the doctor to diagnose the cause of the person's symptoms and confirm whether or not they have atrophic gastritis. Now, they did a biopsy on me. Um, They knocked me out. Let me tell you the procedure I went to. Um, I had to go to the hospital. I was under, you know, sedation. Um, I had like a little plastic form with a hole in the middle where they insert the endoscope um, into my mouth. Um, The last thing I remember them saying, okay, Susan, I'm getting ready to put oxygen on you, so just breathe. And that was it. I was out, and when I woke up, I was back in my... um, room. And um, the doctor came in and she said, Susan, we took a biopsy of your um, stomach lining. Your stomach is um, severely scarred um, from inflammation. She said, I believe, I'm not for certain yet, but I believe it was caused by your autoimmune disease, lupus, attacking the lining of your stomach. I was put on um, two medications for my stomach to um, create less acid in my stomach. Um, Also, um, right now, you know, I try to consume um, solid foods, but I can't right now. So I'm on like liquid a liquid, um, diet. Um, 
And when I consume anything solid, oh my God, oh my God, it, um, I'll put it to you this way, this may be um, TMI, but it stays in me for about 15 minutes and then um, I begin to get nauseated and sick and I'm in the bathroom. So there you go. You know what I'm talking about. Um, But I did not have H. pylori. So let's talk about now the risk factors. A person is most at risk of atrophic gastritis if they come into contact with H. pylori. This global disease is most common in areas of the world that have extreme poverty or are overcrowded. On the other hand, autoimmune atrophic gastritis is much less common. It is more likely to occur in people of African American, Asian, Hispanic, or Northern European descent. People with other medical conditions are more at risk of autoimmune atrophic gastritis. These conditions include thyroid disease, type 1 diabetes, vitiligo, Addison's disease. Also, people with atrophic gastritis are at a higher risk of developing, as stated before stomach cancer. When we return, you know what we'll be discussing? We'll be talking about what if your doctor exposes you to COVID? That's right. Wonder if he or she had COVID and they were wearing a mask and they did not stop working, but they exposed you to the virus. What would you do and what would you think? Stay with me and we'll talk about it more right here on my story, Living with Lupus Podcast. If you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus. And we're back. And we're getting ready to discuss, well, talk about the latest in healthcare news information provided by MedPage Today, dated January 21st, 2021. Docs license suspended for exposing patients to 
COVID, a Rhode Island physician continued to work after a positive COVID test. A Rhode Island internist had his license suspended for exposing patients to COVID-19, according to the Providence Journal. Anthony Farina, Jr. MD, allegedly continued to work after he tested positive for the disease and wore a mask that exposed his nose, according to witness testimony to the state medical board. Farina continued to see patients while knowingly sick. He passed the virus to employees. I think this was the wrong thing to do. One unidentified staff member had complained. According to the board's order, Farina told the committee that he only had a sinus infection and no symptoms other than nasal discharge that went away after he took antibiotics. He said he didn't contract COVID-19 until weeks later and appropriately isolated and wore an N95 mask at the time. The board, however, doubted that account. According to the Providence Journal, Witnesses' testimony during a board investigation indicated he became symptomatic in late November and continued to work even after testing positive a few days later. He saw patients while wearing an N95 mask, but with his nose exposed, according to testimony. A staff member also said Farina altered his medical records to make it look like he was asymptomatic despite actually showing symptoms for several days. Rhode Island Department of Health Director Nicole Alexander Smith ordered an emergency suspension of Farina's license on January 14th, which will stand until further order of the Health Department or Medical Board. The state has not yet posted details of the disciplinary action, but the journal reported that the complaint alleged other violations, including failure to forward medical records after patients left the practice, neglecting to refer a patient to a needed specialist, prescribing opioids to a family member, and charging an insurer for treatment that did not happen. Also, during an inspection at one of Farina's six practices in July, the health department documented a staff member without a face covering and three others wearing them in a proper way. The office also failed, also failed to post 
COVID-19 safety protocols and take precautions such as screening patients before entering the facility and ensuring enough room to social distance in the waiting room at the time. A request for comment from the Rhode Island Health Department was not returned as of press time. According to the Providence Journal, Farina denied the allegations and said he will appeal the order. In a statement released by his lawyer, Farina said he strongly denies the false allegations made by the Rhode Island Department of Health that he at the any time threatened the health of his patients. As a doctor, my first responsibility is to do no harm, and I take that oath extremely seriously. I want to reassure all of my patients that I would never place them in harm. I am appealing RIDOH suspension of my license and am confident I will be thoroughly cleared of these false and misleading allegations he stated in a statement. Now, Farina is a 1991 graduate of Brown University School of Medicine, is no stranger to controversy. In 2018, he commissioned a mural of North Providence Mayor Charles Lombardi wearing a crown, holding a cell phone while sitting on a toilet in protest of the city's request that he demolish one of his former office buildings that had fallen into disrepair. Now look, I have several problems with this. Now you have um, unidentified people testifying. We all know that's employees, okay? You've seen this going on since July. Did you complain then? Did you bring it up to the board then? You could have been a whistleblower on this doctor back then. Oh, he wore a mask and didn't cover his nose. He stated that he had sinus, sinus drainage. Then you see him alter medical records and not say anything. I can understand that you may be scared of losing your job, but come on, people. He's putting other patients in harm's way, allegedly. Who's ever calling me on my phone is going to have to wait. And that irritates me, too. If you tell people, don't call me because I'm doing my podcast, and they still call you anyway, that irritates me. But. I should have had my phone on silence. And then getting back to good old Doc, um, they caught him prescribing opioids to a family member. Nothing was done then. Nothing was done after charging the insurer for treatment. That never happened. 
Come on. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I put the blame on both the doctor. I put the blame on both the staff. And I put the blame on the Department of Health and the medical board for not doing anything because you were advised of this situation. Also, did you guys hear about all the doctors, well, several doctors that 45 gave pardons to that are known felons? Yeah, we'll discuss that when I return. All right, and we're back and we're talking about health care fraudsters among those pardoned by 45. Now, dozens of federal criminals receive clemency on 45's last day. This information is provided by MedPage Today, dated January 21st. 2021. Let's see what they say. Now, among the more than 140 people receiving pardons or having their sentences commuted by 45 on his last day in office, were several with health care ties, including practitioners. Paul Burns, Thaddeus Baraday, Peter Clay, Todd Farha, and William Kale. 45 pardoned the five former executives of WellCare Health Plans who were found guilty for defrauding Florida's Medicaid program. The defendants in this case falsely and fraudulently schemed to submit inflated expenditure information in the company's annual reports in order to reduce the well care HMO's contractual payback obligations for behavioral health care services. The Justice Department said the White House labeled their case a case study in over-criminalization. Notably, there was no evidence that any of the individuals were motivated by greed. Well, you know what I say about that. What about the thousands of men and women and yes even children i call them children teenagers of color who may have never committed the crime who are incarcerated for Selling, I'm just using this as an example. I don't know, you know, the exact ounce of what an ounce of weed and is doing 20 to 30 years in 
prison. What about those individuals who are sitting on death row and you got some people who are innocent and they're being killed on death row? They're being executed. What about them? But they state that the White House, I'll repeat it again, the White House labeled their case a case study in over-criminalization. Notably, there was no evidence that any of the individuals were motivated by greed. Anytime you bilk Medicaid, which is federally funded along with Medicare, for millions of dollars, you cannot tell me that it is not motivated by greed. Here's another one, Faustino Bernadette, 45 pardon Bernadette, an anesthesiologist and pain management physician who was sentenced to 15 months in federal prison last year for continuing to operate a kickback scheme after he bought Long Beach now, Pacific Hospital, Bernadette authorized phony contracts to shield more than $30 million in illegal kickback payments for physicians to steer spine surgery patients to the hospital, the Justice Department stated. This generated more than $900 million in fraudulent bills that were primarily submitted to the state's worker compensation system. Bernadette pleaded guilty to concealing a felony. But once again, and you notice that I keep giving you Florida physicians and Florida hospitals, just remember that. Now, if he pleaded guilty to doing this and you pardon him while you have people of color, I'm talking about black and brown people, men, women, and children of color who are innocent in prison and some are even serving life sentences for what? They were wrongly identified. We see it every day on the news where a person has sat inside of a prison cell for 30 years and had a case padded against them, brought in false witnesses, and they maintained their innocence. But you bilk a system of $9 million and you only get 15 months. And then he admitted, he or she, whoever they are, admitted that they did it. But you have 45 come along and say, okay, that's okay, you did it. Now you done enough time, get your, your release. Now, 
let's go to the next one. Robert Corkin, 45, pardoned the 61-year-old emergency medicine physician in Mississippi. Convicted, he was convicted of, allegedly, of conspiracy to defraud the U.S., theft or bribery of federal funds, and making false statements in 2012, according to the Mississippi Clarion Ledger. The physician, among others, tried to use federal funds for personal use. He was fined $400,000 and sentenced to three years of supervised release release and two years of home confinement. Now, what person of color you know that would get a sentence like that and then turn around and get your sentence pardoned and know knowingly committed bribery of federal funds if it was a person of color don't you know they would have received maybe 60 or 70 years in prison the book would have been thrown at them now the next person john davis 45 commuted the remainder of davis 42 month sentence for running a 4.6 million kickback scheme that's right you heard me right 4.6 million kickback scheme and he was only sentenced to 42 months and i'll say it again once again you have people of color black and brown people that are in prison either innocent or for selling an ounce of weed and they get sentences more severe than this. Now Davis, the former CEO of Nashville, Tennessee-based comprehensive pain specialist known as CPS, was convicted in 2019 on one count of conspiracy to defraud and seven counts of violating the anti-kickback statute. Notably, no one suffered financially as a result of his crime, and he has no other criminal record, according to the White House statement, which said he has served four months in prison. Davis remains a defendant in a $50 million whistleblower lawsuit against CPS and some of its executives for defrauding the government insurance programs. You want to know by which way they did it? This time they did it by lab testing schemes. The next one, John Duncan Fordham. 45, pardon Fordham, a former Georgia pharmacy owner convicted of healthcare fraud in 2005 
for defrauding community institutions in Augusta, Fordham was sentenced to 52 months in prison for kicking back funds to a state representative in exchange for a lucrative contract with a community mental health center. According to the Associated Press, a judge dismissed a conspiracy charge against him, according to the White House. Now, Scott Harkin, 45, pardon him, He's in his late 60s who was convicted of wire fraud. Now, these are people in the healthcare field. In 2009, after he electronically shared a press release that willfully overstated the benefits of the drug by his biotech company, Intermune. The release detailed a clinical trial of interferon gamma 1b in 330 patients with a rapidly fatal lung disease. You see how they get over? The next one, Solomon Melgen, 45, commuted the 17-year sentence for the South Florida ophthalmologist convicted of Medicare fraud in 2017. Melgen allegedly conspired with Senator Bob Menendez, Democrat of New Jersey, to falsely bill millions of dollars to Medicare. According to the Miami Herald, Melgen was also tried for corruption along with Menendez, although that case ended in a hung jury and prosecutors did not retry the pair. Melgen served about four years in prison. Menendez supported Melgen's commuted sentence, according to the White House. Glenn Moss, 45 pardon Moss, who acknowledged conspiring to pay kickbacks to obtain referrals of analytical diagnostic lab of Brooklyn, New York in the late 1990s. According to the Associated Press, Moss pleaded guilty to a tax charge after reporting just over $2,000 of taxable income in 1992 when he had earned $500,000. Now, 45, White House said, Moss has become a vital member of his community who is committed to national philanthropic efforts such as St. Jude's Hospital for Children, Breast Cancer Awareness, and the Colon Cancer Foundation. Whoopie do, he's still a crook. Now, Frederick Nahas, 45, pardon Nahas, a New Jersey surgeon who pled guilty to obstructing a healthcare investigation and served. Guess how much? One month in prison 
in 2003. He was also fined $20,000, according to the Cherry Hill Courier Post. His billing practices were under federal investigation. When he committed the obstruction, but no wrongdoing was found. William Ed Henry. Henry, a former Alabama state representative involved in a so-called peel mill scheme, pled guilty in 2019 to one count of theft of government property as part of the deal with prosecutors. He had originally faced an array of charges, including paying kickbacks and health care fraud. The White House offered no rationale for the pardon except that newly elected Senator Tom Tuberville, Republican of Alabama, recommended it. I guess he would. And you know what else I believe? They were paying 45 for these um, commuted sentences. Um, the list goes on and on and on of those commuted in the healthcare field. They were paid. 45 was paid to do this. It's no if and buts about it, but you have people sitting in federal prison and prisons across this country who are innocent, people of color, but you let people like this go who is raping Medicare and Medicaid, raping the patients by fraudulently stating that they're performing certain procedures or certain lab work and did not do it at all, but you let them go. You notice that the majority of these physicians were either in New York, 45 territory, or Florida, now 40, where 45 lives. This is ridiculous. We had someone sitting in the highest office in this country who was there for his well-being and the well-being of other crooked senators and these physicians who committed and pled guilty to committing these crimes. You got paid for it. But I go back. You have innocent people that are sitting on death row that are in prison each and every day. People of color. There's two types of a justice system. One is for the rich, and another one is for the poor. The rich can commit fraud, bribery, kickbacks, and get away with it, while the poor are either um, misrepresented, falsely accused, or given higher sentences based on the color of their skin. It's injustice I'm talking about. They need to put a stop to it. Like I said, 
That's why I tell you, question your doctors. I don't care who they are. And I'm not saying all doctors are bad, but these right here need to be exposed each and every day. And if they are allowed to go back to practice medicine, shame on the legal system, shame on the government, anybody that 45 pardon needs to be put right back in. I feel, um, well, I shouldn't say I feel, I have no pity on you because you have people out here that's dealing with serving longer sentence terms for committing um, um, minor crimes. Come on. Two types of justice system and nobody can tell me any different that Everyone working in that White House, everyone that sits in Congress, state representatives, y'all some crooked behind individuals. Stay with me and I'll be right back. Hey, before I sign off today, I would like um, for you guys to go over to my story, livingwithlupus.com and go to the menu. It's um, looks like bars going across in the upper right hand corner of the page click on that click then click on shop and look at the new items that we have available for you now we are um, trying to raise funds for the Charlie E. and Minnie P. Hendricks Foundation for Chronic Illness Awareness. 100% of all sales go to the foundation to assist those that are in need who has a chronic illness such as lupus, heart failure, and all of that. Plus, we feed the homeless and provide clothing for the homeless. You can go on over, like I said, to https colon forward slash forward slash my story living with lupus dot com. Go to the menu, click on the menu, go down to shop, and look at the items that we just added um, to the website for the um, spring and summer. Also, you can go over to the Charlie E. and Minnie P. Hendricks if you will, Foundation if you would like to donate all you have to do is go to https 
colon forward slash forward slash C is in Charles, E is in Elephant, M is in Mary, P is in Pearl, H as in Harry Foundation.com to make a financial donation. All donations um, that we receive from the foundation website are tax deductible. We are a 501c3 nonprofit. Now, before I leave you, I would just like to say this about our justice system. If you are caught with an ounce of cocaine, the chances are good you're going to jail. Evidently, if you laundered nearly a billion dollars for drug cartels and violate our international sanctions. Your company pays a fine and you go home and sleep in your own bed at night. Unfortunately, the American justice system is riddled with lies and inconsistencies. Race determines everything in the criminal justice system. But remember this, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I'm Susan Hendricks, your host for my story living with lupus podcast i thank you for joining me have a wonderful day